Hello guys, welcome back. I know I sound very energetic, but that is not the case. But be happy for me that I did get out of bed for this. For you guys. I got out of bed. Um, yeah, I'm on my spring break and I took that break very seriously. And I have not left my bed. Now, I have not been living like a slob. And I don't like to use that term because, I, I mean, define slob. <laughs> anyway, um, but I have been doing everything that I need to do in my bed. Um, yes, I have been eating meals in my bed. I have been watching TV. I have been doing schoolwork because no matter what, I'm still doing schoolwork during a spring break and that just happens. Um, I don't know if everybody else got, you know, they flipped a coin and this year or this semester their spring break was not a break. I don't know, but I got the short end of the stick and I had a ton of assignments actually due this week and I never left my bed. Is that safe? Is that healthy? No, but it is my break. And I was going to actually record this in my bed. <laughs> but then I was like, Chloe, you haven't got out of your bed in a while. Maybe you should try that. But little little update I just mentioned is like I was on my break. But the last week, um, I had family member come down. We had a bunch of family time. Uh, and it was back to back um, since I had school all last week and I was prepping to leave campus earlier than I normally do. I was trying to get a ton of assignments done um, so that I could spend good quality time with my family this that weekend and it was back to back. Like I got out of campus or I left campus Wednesday and that means like Monday through Wednesday I was grinding. I had a midterm. I had like essays to write. I had a ton of assignments to do and try to get them done. So I was basically working a whole week ahead. And so Wednesday came, I went home. Uh, and then from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, those three days straight, I was like up at the crack of dawn and in bed at midnight. Every single day for like three days straight, we did not stop. Um, had fun, had a great time, love when I get to see family members that I don't see very often, and especially get to just have fun and do exciting things, and so I got my second, my second, like, lobes pierced, and I got my nose re-pierced, so gr your girl's back, she feels her herself again with the nice nose pierced nose piercing. I love my nose piercing. Um, I think it fits me. A lot of people say it does too, but anyway, so like I said, literally, I think we did something Wednesday as well. I could be wrong, but it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I had something to do Sunday. I went to a Christian, um, music type festival thing. Multiple artists were there. There was a ton of people. Me and my group of friends hung out in line for like an hour and a half. It was really cold, but it was really fun, and it was a great experience. And so 
after that Sunday night, I spent the night with one of my friends and then drove in the wee hours of the morning back home where I spent the beginning of my spring break in bed. And that's where the marathon started. It was Monday. I was recovering from being... I was not doing, like, elaborate things, but I think it was just because it was, like, nonstop for three days straight. And my body was just like, girl, you don't do this. Like, what are you doing? So, Monday was my recovery day. And then from there, I had no reason to get out of bed. And I know that sounds kind of depressing. No, that sounds kind of depressing. But I had no reason. Like, I keep telling myself during this whole process like it's a spring break sorry if you can hear the vehicles in the background everybody's getting off of work apparently but I also it's been the weather's been off and on so has my emotions there's been a lot of tears there's been a lot of prayers answered grateful for that but I was on my I'm on my break so I was like I don't need to get out of bed, like, um, I am, how do I put it, I am worth taking a break, like, sometimes I forget that, and I think sometimes as people, we tend to think that we are not able to, we are not worthy enough in some way of value that we cannot just relax, and, I was not just relaxing, I was doing things, but I did not need to be going somewhere or moving, I mean, moving around helps, do not get me wrong, but like, for the most part, I was just, as a kid, and growing up, you were like, you got out of bed to do everything, like, you need to do this, okay, you need to get up, and like, that's fine, we need that, we need your your body to move. But on these rest weeks, allow yourself to, like, do what you need to do, but you can just do it in your bed. And I have been fighting myself of guilt, feeling like I, and I consider myself lazy, and all of these things, and I was like, you gotta stop. You gotta stop doing that. But, back to, like, I mentioned just a few seconds ago is... Um, there was a lot of tears shed. I was going through some things, and obviously, I tell you guys pretty much everything, and it's funny, but it's true. But there's a part of my life that I have been battling with, and that is my my Christian faith. And I'm still, if I'm being 100% honest, I am still not I feel like I have not taken a step that I need to take. And there's a part of me, and I know it's the devil working in me, that keeps just holding me there. And I don't know why. But I want to work on it. And I think I'm going to have to be brutally honest with myself. But back to it, I have, and I still have, and I really think you should do this. Write down all the prayers, whether they're big or small in your head. Write them down. And pray about them. There's a lot of things that are not answered yet on my prayer list. And they might not be answered ever or soon. They might not be, like, it might be a while. 
And it might be answered in some different way. But there was a couple of prayers that I, that got answered very well this weekend and this past week. And I just want to acknowledge that. I, I promise you, something incredible is the power of prayer because used to, I won't even lie to you guys, I don't like to... I know I don't talk about it a lot on the podcast for the sake that that was not always something that I wanted it to be the center. And I know that sounds bad, but like, that's just how I wanted to go about this. But I do want to talk about it more because I think that's a good step. Um, but the power of prayer is real and used to, uh, I won't even like your prayers will, when you're first starting out in your journey, your prayers will sound silly. You'll think they'll sound silly. They might be a little silly if you're younger, like, Lord, put your hands together. Lord, please make this boy like me. Make this girl like me. You know, and you're like, you look back and you're like, dang. But God, I think he finds it heartwarming. But the power of prayer used to, like, I would get you know, I'd pray, and then after it was answered, sometimes I would be so focused on what happened that I didn't even realize, like, hey, Chloe, you prayed for this, and it got answered. Did you, did you forget about that? And so, I wouldn't even thank him, but now, I've had some big prayers answered in my past, and it all hit me, and I was like, you need to start thanking him. You thank somebody after they give you something at a restaurant. They hand you something. You're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And we don't even think to do it with God. And I don't even know. Like, I'll give you an example. My dog I've had for literally a large portion of my life. Um, She's seen me. Whew. That dog could say, that dog could, if that dog could speak, whew, she's got some some stuff on me. She's seen me at my lowest kind of relationship there. And I think we forget about their, our relationship with our animals. As humans, our pets are, are, I think they're our first loves and we don't want to admit it, but it's true. For me, she's getting older in age. Obviously, it's going to happen. I've come to terms with it, but um, she had some medical health complications that at the time it's just was not the ideal thing that we wanted to happen like we just were like no this is bad timing we don't want this to happen we we just we don't have the time and I know that sounds bad because our dogs love us and care about us, but it's just, it was not a, it was saddening, and financially, it was just not a good time. I mean, honestly, any medical emergency is never, it's never good timing, let's be honest, but she was in pain, and we did not know what was wrong, and it was just a lot. And then at that time, we had another dog. And it was just a lot. Okay, look. Sometimes life... 
hits you. And it was that point, and we were, we were like, oh my goodness, okay, so we have two options. There was two options we could go. One was slower and less expensive, and one was easier, quicker, and more expensive. And it was a lot, okay? But we had this decision, and we decided, thankfully, all of us, that we need to do the more expensive option because the slower option was just not working and was it, she was going to die. I know that sounds harsh, but... And so she had surgery. And I was absolutely terrified when she went in for surgery. I kept texting my mom. I was like, Mom, is she okay? Is she good? Is it... How's it going? What did they say? Da, da, da. She's like, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I was just like, I need to know because... The older you get, whether you're human or not, anesthesia going under is more risky. And I was absolutely terrified. It was a simple surgery. wasn't a major one. It's something that they do quite often, several times a week and honestly several times a day. But I was absolutely terrified. And when she came home, I remember walking in and... Me and my mom bolted to her, and she was obviously still, like, really droggy and sleepy, but I just remember being, like, overwhelmed for the fact that they were, like, she did so good. Um, If we would have waited just a week or two later, it could have been a lot worse, and I was petting her, and my mom and me were just sitting there looking at her, just happy that she was there, and they said that everything looked good. I just started crying. I'm talking... Big, big crocodile, crocodile tears. Just like I, oh my goodness, I was so overwhelmed. Now I know this is off subject, and you're probably listening, going, Chloe, I really don't care about your dog, and all respect, I understand that. But I, right then, I was just like, thank you, God. I could not, I could not do anything else except thank Him because I was like, that's, it's like one less stone to hold and then next thing you know there was like two other prayers that got answered that I had been praying about worrying about thinking about like that it it was holding on you or holding on me because something that happens is we as humans whether we want to admit it or not we are very empathetic persons we have persons empathetic people we care about other people. So when that happens, we tend to hold other people's problems as well as our own. And even though it's hard, we don't know what else to do. Or we think we don't know what else to do. So we hold their burdens and we hold all of this plus our own. And it gets really tiresome. So I guess this weekend I realized that like sometimes... You have to initially give it to somebody. For me, I had to give it to God and let him do it. Not me trying to fix it. And the same goes for if it's somebody else's problem. I know this sounds bad, but you've got to let them hold it. You can't hold it with your own stuff. Somebody's going through a hard part of their time. Like, their whole... cannot talk. Somebody's going through a hard portion of their life. 
big things are happening, big decisions are happening, you're worried that they're going to say or do the wrong thing, make the wrong decisions, you start carrying their burdens. You don't need to do that. As much as we as people, as humans, have that empathetic, that nurturing thing in us to want to help and take care, nurture our young or whatever it is, we can't it's we have to take care of our circle ourselves and i heard somebody in my life tell me recently like you can only take care of your circle your peop your space you as a person because and it's crazy because i heard that and not even a couple of days later i heard from another person that i hold dear to me who said you know you can't help other people you can't take care of other people if you are busy, too busy to take care of yourself, look, you've got to put yourself first in order to help other people. And that's a very common thing that people will tell you, like, in order to help, and especially in relationships, they'll be like, in order to help your spouse, you've got to take care of yourself first. In order you to take care of your, your um, family, you need to take care of yourself. You know, like, that's, it's true, but it's hard until you have to. I know that sounds, it is hard until you have to. And that's what I, I guess, opened my eyes. I guess God let me see that in a sense. And I haven't talked, I haven't told you what the podcast is about. But I wanted to tell you this and give you a good long introduction because I was trying to figure out what I should call it, what I should talk about. And I wanted to talk just today I have this not planned out whatsoever. Usually I have pretty good, decent plan outline of what I want to talk about. But today it's just freestyling. But I want to talk about protecting your peace. Um, some people call it protecting your peace. You could call it protecting your energy. Protecting yourself in some sense. Uh prioritizing your peace and I've done some research about it and a couple of things that came up was when you prioritize something when you're protecting you put up boundaries you put up rules in some sense and I found this and it's everything that I needed to know and hear so I wanted to tell you guys but um, it's by, oh goodness, it's off of Ned Rodawap. I just butchered that so bad, but you can find it on Pinterest probably, but it's this website and they're talking about, I protect my energy by, and this is something that I think you can do, simply write it down on a sticky note. It doesn't have to be a long list, but I know myself enough to be like, I need to remind myself of this, so I'm going to see it every day. So, putting it on my mirror. I protect my energy by, and here's the list, not answering my phone when I don't want to talk. That is so true, and I have experienced it firsthand, and I've seen other people do it, and... I get so happy when finally certain people in my life 
put their foot down for themselves. It's love. I, I love to see it. I love to see it. So think about it that way is you're not being a bad person. You just don't want to talk. I know for me, my anxiety wants to be like, but what if it was an important phone call? I have to remind myself it would, if it was important, they will call back several times to let you know. And as a person, if it is an emergency, call several times so the people know that it's an emergency. Okay? It's just a way of signing in some way. Like, a, it's, a, it's a code, secret code in itself. So, that's what I'm getting at. And so, when you do this, forcing yourself when you just don't feel like doing it. It's going to make you hate it, and it's going to make everything kind of spiral and go downhill from there. The next one is replying to texts at my convenience. Okay. This is a hard one for me because I see both sides. Sometimes I can't answer you. Sometimes I can't. Okay. Sometimes I don't know what to say just yet. And sometimes I don't want to say something. But on the other end, I see, because I am the person that's like, why haven't they texted me back? Jeez, all I need is this. Good grief, why can't they do it? You know, so I understand both sides. That is something that I never realized. I never realized that. But another way is speak... And it kind of goes off of these first two. It's like when we don't do this, we tend to beat ourselves up. Like you're such a bad person for not calling them or not answering the phone or not texting them back or not replying quick enough. The next one is you need to start speaking to yourself kindly. Okay. And I've been told this in the past couple of months several times because people really see that in me. It's like... You need to start talking to yourself kindly. My therapist told me that. And I was like, oh, okay. When you're dealing with un these, these uncomfortable things, stop beating yourself up. Recently, I was going through it. I was going through it, man. And I had some people around me who told me, you know, speak. Like, say what you want. And it was just us in the vehicle and they just opened it up for me. And they were like, you know, tell us how you feel. What what are you feeling? It could be word vomit for all I care. And they're like, it's okay. And I started in. And then obviously when I word vomit, I don't know if this is just me. I word vomit. And then I try to, you know, draw it. Or I try to clean it back. And like, how do I say this? That sounded so bad. Word vomit there. But... I spill it all out and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I made a mess. Let me try to clean it up. And in the process of cleaning it up, I'm taking back how I feel. And I end up talking bad, badly about myself. Like, I know I shouldn't be feeling this. I know I shouldn't be mad at them. I know I shouldn't be upset. But you are. You can't. You've You've already expressed that that's what came to your head and you're like, but that's how I feel. Stop beating yourself up that this is what makes you feel this way. 
And with that, when you go to spill how you feel and you can sense that they're going to try to have the last word. If you're having this with somebody like in a confrontational type of way and you're talking, you're like, okay. And they're like, well, how do you feel? And you just let it out and you go to try to clean it up. This kind of bounces off of that where it's like, you, you don't need to fight to be right. That rhymed. Wow, that was pretty cool. You That is something that I will carry with me is you do not have to fight to be right. You don't. You know you're right. Okay, look, as kids, as middle schoolers, I think it stops like, like early high school is when people realize like to just step away that mature, maturing cycle starts. But when we were in middle school, you would have an argument. I'd have arguments with girls and boys, mostly guys, because I was like, I don't know. I was a feminist at heart, and I felt like I needed to be right, and they needed to be right. So they, I've always been told that I would argue with a brick wall. That has changed tremendously. But for the most part, as a kid, you kept arguing until neither one of you felt happy at the end. Like, neither one of you we're like, I feel so much better. No, you like, we're still mad and you are still thinking about it. But maturing and when you get older, you realize that I know that I'm right. I know I am. And you might actually not be right. But in your head, you're like, I'm right, but I don't have to prove it. Or I don't have to fight for it in some sense. Now, this doesn't apply to certain things going on in the world where you have to fight to, you have to fight for people's rights or fight for the right thing to do. But still, you don't have to fight so much in, in the way that it damages you to be right. And that's where that, when you start fighting too much, with that person, with that spouse, with that whatever challenging your life. When you're fighting so hard that you're just you're just making yourself the punching bag and you're punching yourself. I, I that makes no sense, but in my head it does. That's when you know that like this is not working. That is not what you need to be doing. It's not. And that's mess it's messing up my peace. I let a lot of things in my life get to me and I'm like, it's fine and it is technically fine, but I won't stop thinking about it. And right then, I, that's a prime example where I was like, it's fine. I know it's not fine, but it's fine right there. Bam. You felt like it wasn't fine. You don't have to go back on your word. Like if it's not fine, it's not fine. But for me, when it when it came to terms of trying to protect my peace or prioritize it, is I had to realize that they're not going to change. I can't change them. They're not going to say they're sorry. But I'm going to say sorry to myself for letting, my, letting them get to me that much. That's when I'll say sorry. That's when I'll apologize. But... 
peace is something that we all want. Peace is that thing that every single person hopes to accomplish in their life. It's something that people think that money will help with. Or relationships will help with. And the list goes on and on. Uh, healing. Trauma. Now don't get me wrong. Some of those things, they will lead you to peace. But full peace doesn't come from those things. But I understand how you feel when you're trying to find some kind of stability. Because it's like almost a domino effect of, well, if I get financially stable, I won't have to worry about that. I'll be able to help out with this. That'll help this relationship. And that will help me feel able to mend this relationship, which then will make me feel able to go back into the dating world and do the, you know, like, it, I'm going to be the big sister or the person that needs to tell you that that's simply not how you need to find peace. It's not. For me, finding peace is when I let it go. Genuinely, I walk away physically, emotionally, and mentally for me. And that might mean that I spend a lot of time alone. That is fine. I'm literally trying not to tear up right now, by the way. You're not a loser. It doesn't mean that you don't have friends. You're just trying to find that peace. And you're like, well, Chloe, I still want to hang out. and I, I don't want to be alone all the time. I'm saying this in a sense of like, do not make yourself. You, there's a, Okay, let's backtrack. Look. For me, it was, I've got to find what keeps me calm. What is something that calms me? And I will tell you, I for the last two months, I've fallen slack. And the last year, I used to journal. I used to read a lot. I know what's growing up. You start to realize how much you hate your phone. And how you hate social media. You're like, but it's the coolest thing. Like, there's so many opportunities. You're not wrong. But I realized that it's damaging me. And so I want to say this right now. Who knows if it will happen. I'm going to be completely transparent with you guys. But I want to go on this cleanse of, like, stepping away from my phone. And doing the things that used to calm me down. They still calm me. They bring me peace. That's what it should do. That's the thing. You're like, I'm just trying to find peace in my life. Well, stop doing the things that are not helping that whatsoever. And I know that sounds so like, well, thanks, Captain Obvious, you know. Thanks, Chloe. Captain Obvious. 
But really, like, stop going towards the things that are not giving you peace. Okay? Because I know your thought process is, well, it's not giving me peace, but I know if I fix this relationship with this guy, or if I know I fix this marriage with my wife, it will lead me to peace. No! Because in the process of you fixing, you're not getting peace. The whole point of receiving and getting to that to that position, to that point in your life of peace is throughout the whole process, throughout finding the thing that you want to do or fixing or healing or whatever, throughout the whole process, it should, it should not stress you out. You should still stay in that peaceful state. I hope that makes sense. I get it. I get that we just want to fix it. We just want to make it disappear. We want it to go our way. I understand because I'm the world's worst at that. That's why I'm telling you my my experience of you can't and I know I'm going to talk about it through my faith is I realize that I can't. It's not my job. It is not. Okay. It's not my job to take care of people that are grown. It's not my job to try and mend relationships that I did not break. It's not my job to take care of people who do not want to be taken care of. And it is not my job to worry about something that has no effect on me. And that's harsh. It is. But when you look back and you see how damaging it is, I think that will fuel you more than you think. You're stronger than you think. And I want to read you something else. And this is spot on, actually. It says, be so rooted in yourself that nobody's absence or presence can disturb your inner peace. That, that, that hits hard. Because you're so busy healing yourself and you're so in peace with who you are, what you're doing in your life, what you're not doing, what you've succeeded in, what you failed at. You're at peace and acceptance in some way. And you're working on yourself that you have no care in the world what's coming in and out of your life. What's wanting to come back and what's wanting to leave in your life. 
because you've realized that people will come and go. It happens. But when you're in this point where you feel at peace, the people that leave, if they come back and they realize that you're at peace with this and it makes them mad or it makes them upset or makes them feel hurt or unloved because you're not giving them the attention that they thought that you should give them, that sounds like a them problem, not a you problem. Okay? If I am having the time of my life, if I'm at peace and somebody from my past comes back and they get upset, they're just upset because of where I'm at. They're jealous. And that's okay. That's okay to be jealous because I, I've been that way before. When you go back and somebody looks like they're having the time of their life without you. They've moved on. They've made new friends. They've found new people. You get upset. You're like, I want y'all to respond. I want you to be mad. I want you to be excited that I'm back in your life. I get it. But going back to me being the person that has moved on, has went about their life without that person, and that person comes back, if they really care... If they really care, they will tell you, I'm so proud of you for moving on and finding peace or being happy or being content where you are. I don't want to mess this up, but I still, I want to be back in your life. Those are the people that respect that their peace did not come from you leaving or you coming back. So it has nothing to do with you. Or doesn't have anything to do with them. But they they love you and they care about you so much that they just want to be on the sidelines of your life too. And when those people realize that what those what those people need to realize is when they do that and they do that respectful step of being like hey i see that you're doing great in life i just want to be a part of it but i don't want to disrupt this i don't want to ruin anything what they don't realize is with doing that it kind of lets those people it lets me me being that person that's going in this peaceful direction it lets us know like, okay, these people care. Yeah, I'll think about it. Yeah, you can start being in my life again. But just know... Just know, if you leave again... Or you move on, or you do something shady, or you do something bad, or good, or you just fall out of line with me, fall out of connection with, you know... Just know, my life will move on because I protected my peace. 
protecting your peace. I mentioned earlier about somebody who told me you can only worry about yourself and the things that directly affect you. That's what I'm saying. Protecting your peace is worrying about what's around you. And so, when it doesn't directly affect you or it doesn't directly have anything to do with you, it's not you. People can go in and out. But when you're protecting your peace, it doesn't, you don't let it get to you because you realize, and in some weird way, you you find valuing yourself again, basically. Protecting your peace doesn't mean that you have to explain it to people. Like, hey, um, why haven't you tried talking to me again? Why haven't you tried this or that? I didn't feel the need to. And they're like, oh. What? Why do you, you want to be in my life? Why don't you, you know, da, da, da. you're this to me. You're that to me. This is how I feel towards you. I didn't feel the need to do that. And yeah, <laughs> honey, I live in the South where people just do not understand some of that stuff. So they take it personal. They take it personal when you don't go to that family reunion. Okay. All power to you. If you do not feel the need to go to the family reunion, do not go. You make your own decisions. Just like those people, just like you, make your own decisions about protecting your peace. Distance comes with that, too. You start to realize that, like I mentioned before, you're you're like, Chloe, how do you come to terms with the fact that you're alone? It's hard. I will tell you right now that it is a very difficult thing because being somebody who deals with getting in these depressive, like, really depressive times, being alone is scary. It is scary. I won't even lie. So that is, it's, it is hard. But sometimes it's necessary, I guess. I mean, I, I always come on here and I always tell you guys, I wish I could fix it for you guys. I genuinely wish that I could fix it for you guys. I wish I could fix a lot of things. I wish I could fix a lot of people. But it's not my job. And it's not your job. Seeing people put themselves in situations where they just look miserable. They're not protecting their peace. They're not saying no to things. They're they're letting people affect them. That they do not let, they do not let, oh my goodness, they do not need to let affect them that way. 
I'll tell you right now. I guess we're, you know, on TikTok where everybody's like, we're in this type of error. I'm in this error. I'm in that time of my life where you want to leave? Leave. And no explanation? Fine. That's actually better. I would rather you not give me any explanation and just walk out. Yeah, that's going to hurt like hell. But I would rather you do that. <laughs> it's the yo-yoing back and forth that I don't like. So, it's the I have to walk on eggshells around you kind of thing? No. It doesn't mean that I am a couple of choice of words that I'm not going to say. It doesn't mean that I am a witch. It doesn't mean anything like that. It doesn't mean that I'm a prude and I want to live all by myself and I'll have seven cats. No. I've just found my value. And as a Christian, I found my value. God is showing me that. And I feel like that's where I'm at right now in my life is he keeps bringing this word back to me. It's like peace. He's like, Chloe, you need some peace in your life. And I was like, you're preaching to the choir, God. But he's, I feel like he's saying it in a sense of like, you just don't let it get to you. And I, hearing that from anybody else is just like, okay, fine, I know. But he's telling me in a different sense. There's like a different undertone to it. And I guess if that means that I am the bad guy, which let me tell you something, when you start putting yourself first and people start labeling you the bad guy, it, it's funny because you start getting a lot more attention that way. It's funny how... When you start becoming the villain, people start watching. <laughs> people start caring what you say. People start being like, oh, I cannot believe you. Like, really? I've, I've talked to you forever. I've been in communication. Like, I've been in the same room with you several times. But until I start saying... Until I start becoming the quote-unquote bad person for putting myself first, suddenly, you know, it, it happens. I want to tell you guys that because I want you to know that that will come with it. It's not going to be easy. I talk about that all the time. Nothing comes easy. I wish I could tell you someday. I wish I could come on here and be like, this is going to be easy. I promise you three steps and you're going to be doing great. But like I say in every episode, that's not true. It's not. And it's funny because I'm a person that I, I make it upon, like I make it a mission of mine to, I feel like, oh, I gotta explain. No, you don't. You don't. Okay, you don't. 
I'll give you a weird random thing that I'm... Kids. If a kid doesn't hug you, don't take it offensive. If a kid hugs somebody else, don't take it offensive. I'm tired of seeing people force their kids to hug people that in that kid's eyes is a stranger. Oh, this is your great uncle so-and-so. Or this is so-and-so's new this. Or this is his new wife or his new or her new husband. Give him a hug. No. I don't know you. There's only a select amount of people I hug. And I'm very thankful that my parents never made me hug people. But you are special if I give you a hug. I'm not a hugger um, for the most part. I'm not going to sit here and deny you a hug if you come up to me and you're like, ah, and you go in for a bear hug. I'm not, but I'm not going to take it upon myself to give you a bear hug in return. Like, it's just not going to happen. There's a select amount of people. Just the same concept goes with protecting your peace. There's a select amount of people. And sometimes you're like, but I don't know who those people are. That's where that being alone more often happens. Because when you're alone more, you can see who you want. To start. It's almost like a fresh start. You can see who you want to bring back in. And. Through the last couple of weeks. I've just. It's been hard. I won't even lie. Things have been piling up. On top of each other. I'm talking insane amount. And it's weird because. I'm not the only one. Um, I have a couple of close friends. And every single one of them has been going through some form of hell, I guess you could say. And we were talk- we'll talk about it. We'll sit there and talk forever about how it's insane that this time it feels different. And I don't know if it's God working with me and he's like, hey, here's some other people who are going through the same thing. Isn't that crazy? And it's just insane to me because, in in a good way, it's insane. Because, like I said, I feel like God's putting me, like I'm in this big part, a big portion of my life that I feel like God's trying to show me. And maybe he's showing me with other people's experiences too. But it's been pretty rough for me and a couple of other people talking. And it's one of those moments where, We've all been in a predicament where it's like, oh my goodness, this keeps happening. Oh, geez, this keeps happening. And then it's like, okay, after a couple of weeks it goes away. This one's been lingering. And things just keep piling up. And I was talking to some friends. We were having like a little Bible study. Um, And we were sitting there in our car. And I could only explain it like, used to in the past I've been giving like a nice rock to hold and he'll add another one or he'll add another one and then he'll take one away and I'm talking about God in the sense but life in general you're holding this heavy rock and you're like Whew. and then you get another heavy rock and you're like Ooh. and then you get another one and you're like okay I need some help and then that one rock goes away and you're like okay 
But this time, I'm holding a boulder. A boulder. <laughs> and it just keeps getting heavier and heavier as I'm holding it longer and longer. And that's how I explained it to him, is just like, I'm like, God, this is new to me. Like, I am holding this ginormous boulder, and you're not slowing down. There's new things happening all the time. What the heck is happening? And I feel like this is a learning or a lesson in some sense. And that might be what you're going through. You might be going through something where so much is happening at once and nothing is letting off. Like, nobody's pumping the brakes. And you're like, okay, what the heck? Where is the light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing? And I'm just going to tell you, whether you are religious or not, I always like to talk about it in that sense. And I've mentioned it before, but for me... I believe that it is a lesson. You are in a... You are in a... You're in your lesson error. I'm so sorry, but you're in this time where... You're going to be hearing it. You're going to be seeing it. You're going to start noticing. And just hang in there. I mean... Like I said, I came on this with no, like, agenda of what I was going to get to you. But I think I just want to let you guys know from my own experiences that I'm having right now. If you relate, this is what this is what I'm going to do. I told myself that I wanted to set a couple of rules to protect myself. And that includes prioritizing media under my own terms, if that makes sense. Being like, okay... I can get on it, but I need to stop, like, after so long. I need to do business first, then fun. But still, I need to prioritize cutting it more and more out of my life. It's like an addiction. You gotta... You, and so, I want to spend more time just outside, sitting in silence. I want to spend a lot more time in meditation type way. I want to journal more. Um, read more. I want to learn more in that sense of I have a couple of books that I've been putting off that I want to read. And I want to learn about myself and learn things about why I feel the way I do. And I know self-help books are very controversial for some people. They make me, it's nice reading something and be like, yes, that's what I've been feeling, but I've never been able to explain it. That's how I read self-help books, I guess. And I want to spend more time with God and read my Bible more, and I've been slacking on that. But I want to work on it. But I just, I want to start taking the steps of actually just giving myself peace if it's not bringing me peace then I'm not gonna I don't need to do it I don't need to stay in it and that's just what I'm gonna do I want to know what you want to do what you're thinking about doing
there can be some big decisions that have to be made on your part of, I'm not going to hang out with them anymore. I'm going to minimize what I do with them. It's not helping hanging around with them. It's not helping being around him or her or that family member or that family member. I'm just going to take it upon myself to exit the room. Blah, 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 blah. A, B, and C. That's okay. It's tough decisions, though. I won't lie to you. But you can always come back to these things. That's why I'm setting this up for myself, is I can always come back to this meditation. I can always come back to journaling. I can always come back to this or that. That helps me recenter that peace. And that's okay. Establish those things so that you can come back to them. And I hope you all but peace. I genuinely do. I love seeing people at peace. If you ever want to see that, see a baby or see old people. Or nature. I will always advocate for nature. Because... You watch animals and they seem to be at peace with what they're doing in life. You see a squirrel go up a tree and come down that tree and go up that tree and go down that tree. And he's like, this is the best part of my day ever. He's content with their, he's content with his life. It's not elaborate. He's not doing any astrophysicist. Like, he's living his best life. Everybody deserves peace. I know that seems controversial. But I believe that everybody at some part of their life deserves peace. At some part of their life. <laughs> and I will always, I guess, advocate for you guys. Put yourself first. It's okay. Put yourself first. And protect your peace. Prioritize your peace. Or your energy, however you want to put it and establish those things. And as always, I love you guys. I do, and I care about you guys. Let me know if you need anything. And I will catch you back into the next one. Stay safe.